Here First is sponsored by UCS Healthcare, offering compassionate healthcare for all. Learn more about their services, including statewide access to medication-assisted treatment for alcohol and opioid use disorders at ucsonline.org. Today is Monday. It's the 27th of November. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. The Iowa Democratic Party has hired the National Vote at Home Institute to handle its first-ever mail-in system to determine which presidential candidate Democrats in Iowa prefer. The traditional Iowa Democratic Party caucuses are no longer first in the nation after a software meltdown significantly delayed reporting results from the party's caucuses in 2020. The Iowa Democratic Party is now letting Iowa residents who are registered Democratic voters request a presidential preference card. The cards will be mailed in and the results will be announced in March. Iowa Democratic Party Chair Rita Hart uses the word impressive to describe the firm hired to handle the party's new mail-in system. Amber McReynolds and her team were able to get them through that process without a hitch. Mick Reynolds was Denver's director of elections for nearly a decade before joining the nonprofit National Vote at Home Institute in 2018. The firm advised three states that launched mail-in voting in 2020. The Iowa Democratic Party will start mailing out its 2024 presidential preference cards on January 15th. Even if immigrants come to Iowa with agricultural skills and experience, farmland prices are a premium. IPR's Zachary Oren-Smith explains a Lynn County program is trying to connect immigrants with plots of land. Immigrants to Iowa face a particular culinary challenge. Some foods like cassava, yucca, and habanero peppers are rare or priced as luxury items. But these are important parts of newcomer foodways. Lynn County's Feed Iowa First has been sourcing land for immigrants to develop greater access to culturally relevant foods. Executive Director Emily Renshaw says the farmers are barely meeting demand. Um, but we're able to move a thousand pounds of habaneros in about three and a half days. And so for for us, that just helps us begin to understand like how large these food gaps are. Feed Iowa First runs a community farming program as well as a competitive three-year program for immigrant farmers looking for different scales of production. An Iowa man now holds the Guinness World Record for the largest pencil collection. IPR's Grant Gerlock has the story of how a lifelong hobby became a record setter. Aaron Bartholomew of Colfax says when he started collecting pencils at a young age, setting a record wasn't the point. They were something he could look for when his grandpa would take him shopping at flea markets and antique stores. A lot of flea markets, vendors would have, you know, a cigar box of pencils there on the table and um, usually something cheap and small that I could pick up while grandpa was looking at everything else. And so it was something for me to do and kind of make that connection with him. But over the decades, the pencils piled up. Now it's officially a record-setting collection of 69,255 unique pencils, all unused. Most are advertising pencils, also pencils from political campaigns and town festivals. He says he'll keep looking for rare and unique pencils to add to the collection. Other than the people inside the Iowa football building and the team's most optimistic fans, few expect the Hawkeyes to pose much of a challenge to Michigan in the Big Ten championship game. Doubts that the number 18 Hawkeyes can upset the second-ranked Wolverines are illustrated by the point spread. FanDuel Sportsbook lists Iowa as a 22.5-point underdog for Saturday night's game in Indianapolis. Iowa's coach Kirk Ferentz says his team has won as a long shot before and that anything is possible in sports. 
And a new report says crop insurance payments due to drought increased by more than 1,000 percent from 2001 to 2022 in nearby Kansas. The D.C.-based Environmental Working Group analyzed how much states received in crop insurance over the last 20 years due to drought, hail, heat, freeze, and excess moisture. Kansas received more than $9 billion in crop insurance payments due to the causes, with the majority coming from drought payments. This is Here First from IPR News. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Line takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Line wherever you get your podcasts. 28 million adults who have a mental illness nationwide go untreated. This affects public health and also hurts the economy. Side Effects Public Media's Elizabeth Gabriel reports researchers in Indiana put a price tag on untreated mental illness, and the numbers are staggering. And this warning, this story mentions self-harm and suicide. Doctors have diagnosed Willie Frazier with depression and borderline personality disorder since he was a teenager. Depression is real, and it, it can hit you anywhere. You could be at the top of the world, and then one little thing, and you just completely at the bottom. Don't want to say nothing, don't want to eat, don't want to drink nothing for days. It's just, it's terrible. When someone has a chronic mental illness, like major depressive disorder, finding the strength to seek help can feel unsurmountable. Frazier saw a therapist two years ago, but he didn't feel like they listened and understood how he felt. That's one of the reasons Frazier self-harmed. I even tried to rip my own teeth out because I just wanted to feel something besides the thoughts in my head telling me I'm not good enough. I wanted to feel as ugly on the outside as I do on the inside. Now he has scars running across his body, starting on his neck and going down to his wrists. Frazier is one of millions of people in the U.S. with an untreated mental illness. A quarter of Iowa adults with a mental illness in 2019 went untreated. It's the same in nearby Indiana. Researchers there found that untreated mental illness cost Indiana over $4 billion in 2019. For context, corn, Indiana's leading agricultural product, generated $3.8 billion the year before. Here's the lead author of the study, Heather Taylor. That equates to about 100,000 jobs. So we are taking money out of our economy because we're not treating these conditions well, frankly, or individuals don't have appropriate access to the treatments that they need. Most of that $4 billion comes from indirect costs like premature deaths, which means fewer people are working, paying taxes, and adding to the economy. And some of this cost also comes from missed workdays due to mental health. Nationwide, that number is even bigger. Untreated mental illness costs the U.S. at least $193 billion every year in lost earnings, according to a 2008 study. People face many barriers to treatment. Researcher Marion Green at Indiana University says this includes unreliable transportation and unstable internet for telehealth appointments. Then there are lower reimbursement rates for community mental health centers, which serve people with lower incomes and those on government insurance. Some centers barely break even because government insurance pays so little. It's one of the reasons behind healthcare workforce shortages and longer wait times. 
For example, if you want to see a psychiatrist, that may take quite some time. And if we're talking about, you know, people with serious mental illness, they generally have to have some type of medication and medication management. So they need to see a psychiatrist before they can get the right prescriptions. And even if a provider is available, people like Fraser who are low income and don't have insurance would still be unable to access care. Therapists cost so much. Mental medicine costs so much. And I'm just like, I'm not going to pay for this when I, I can't afford it. Indiana lawmakers unanimously approved Senate Bill 1 earlier this year. It aims to expand community mental health services and sustain the crisis hotline 988. But it received a fraction of the money that mental health experts say the state urgently needs. Advocates say the law is a step in the right direction. Still, it's not nearly enough to move the needle. But mental health experts say having open conversations to normalize mental health care can go a long way to address the stigma around it. That's what Frazier is trying to do. There's nothing wrong with Black people and their scars. If you're going through it and it's hard to stop, don't feel bad. You're not alone here. Nobody is ever alone. Frazier's last suicide attempt was two years ago, and he hasn't harmed himself since July. Now he's trying to get his own insurance so he's closer to accessing the health care he needs. I'm Elizabeth Gabriel, Side Effects Public Media. If you or someone you know are in a mental health crisis, you can call the Mental Health Crisis and Suicide Prevention Line at 988. Side Effects Public Media is a health reporting collaboration of public media newsrooms across the Midwest, including IPR News, exploring the effects of place, policy, and economics on Americans' health. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters, and you can find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them.